Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Welcome everyone to today's show. I'm really excited. We have um, a great topic, one that's very near and dear to my heart, and we have some uh, wonderful guests for you this afternoon. Our show today is um, co-occurring disorders, what every addiction treatment professional needs to know. And um, we're going to be talking today about co-occurring disorders, and we're also going to be talking today about a collaboration that's occurring between Hazelden, NADAC, the Association for Addiction Professionals, and Westbridge, because all three of our organizations have really kind of decided that this is this is an area where we really want to be um, thought leaders and really want to help our profession as well as um, the people that we serve. So I would like to introduce to you um, our guest today. Our first guest is uh, Misty Story, who has her master's in of science degree, and she's currently the education and training consultant for NADAC, the Association mm. for Addiction Professionals. Misty is a technical writer for the Integrating Treatment for Co-Occurring Disorders, an introduction to what every addiction counselor needs to know, as well as she's um, been the, worked on previous educational seminars entitled New Horizons Integrating Motivational Style Strategies and Skills with Pharmacotherapy. Um, pharmacotherapy, integrating new tools into practice, new innovations in opioid treatment, buprenorphine, medication management for addiction professionals, and a host of other things. Um, and she has also presented on these issues as well. So welcome, Misty. Thank you. And our other guests are uh, Susan Hosington, who is a master's in clinical psychology. She earned her degree from the University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh, in 1989, and her doctorate in counseling psychology from the University of St. Thomas in 1998. She's been employed with Hazleton since 1989 and has expertise in treating co-occurring disorders, addiction, and mental health issues across the full continuum of care. She's a former training director for the APA-accredited psychology pre-doctoral internship program and is an adjunct associate faculty member of the Hazleton Graduate School of Addiction Studies. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. And our other guest today is Marty Harding, who is the training director for Hazelton Publishing, and she is the person who is directing the distance learning part of this collaborative. So um, welcome, Marty. Thanks, Mary. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, I would like to begin by just maybe starting with Sue in terms of, can you define for our audience um, co-occurring disorders? I can. Oftentimes, um, sometimes they're referred to as dual disorders or dual diagnosis. It simply means, uh, refers to the presence of both a substance use disorder and a mental health disorder. When we think about Hazelton and we think about NADAC, those are both addiction-focused organizations. What um, has created the interest in co-occurring disorders for Hazelton? Uh, it really is based on um, client need. We've seen an increase in the acuity and complexity of clients with chemical dependency, and what we find is that between 50 to 75% of individuals coming into treatment for chemical dependency uh, with chemical dependency issues have a co-occurring disorder. Likewise, about 30 to 40% of people that uh, receive mental health treatment have a substance use disorder. 
And Misty, from NADAC's perspective, what has created the interest for them to become involved with co-occurring disorders? Well, since there is just such a high prevalence between substance use disorders and mental illness, we found a gap in our education and uh, in all-day training, continuing education trainings that were out there. And so we felt that in order to provide the best education to our profession, we needed to get involved and develop our own products. Um, in terms of co-occurring disorders, Susan, um, what do you see are the most prevalent types of co-occurring um, mental health issues with substance use disorders? The most common co-occurring disorders we see are mood disorders such as uh, depression, bipolar disorder, dysthymia, as well as anxiety disorders such as generalized anxiety disorder, uh, social phobia, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and personality disorders. And historically, can you give us a perspective in terms of, um, and maybe either from Hazel's perspective or just from uh, treatment perspective in general, how have, how have people with co-occurring disorders typically been engaged in treatment? I think there's been a couple different models that have been available. Uh, one is where we just treat the chemical dependency and we defer the mental health issue until later in their recovery process. Um, that's one model. Another model really looks at having um, access to a mental health professional through collaboration or consultation uh, so that you can begin to deal with some of the mental health issues while they're in treatment. And the model that uh, Hazelden has moved toward, and I think uh, NADAC would also support, is more of an integrated model where we really look at both the chemical dependency and the mental health issue being treated at the same time in the same setting, preferably by uh, the same treatment provider or um, the same uh, treatment team. And I think one of the important things for our audience to understand is that the last model, the integrated treatment model, is an evidence-based model of treatment that has been researched um, extensively through the Dartmouth Psychiatric Research Center as well as other um, or colleges around the country. But at Westbridge, we, we base all of our treatment on the whole concept of integrated treatment and the the premise that this is one brain where both illnesses are happening simultaneously. So it's not a question of what comes first or second. It's a question of you have a brain that's in a disease state, much like somebody who has hypertension and diabetes. We don't think about, well, do we treat the diabetes before we treat the hypertension? We treat them concurrently. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that that's an important concept for folks to understand that oftentimes you know, we'll hear, or I will hear when I'm, when I'm out and about, well, you know, once the, you know, once somebody gets a withdrawal from alcohol, the depression will, will lift. Or once someone stops using cocaine, then the anxiety will lift. And, and so that, um, it's almost parked. Those illnesses are almost parked as opposed to being assessed. Mm-hmm. And, and in some cases, um, that's accurate. In some cases, people have been drinking for such a long period of time that they are, in fact, depressed. And once they get through withdrawal, 
um, some of the symptoms of depression might lift, but as I mentioned, in 50 to 75% of the patients that, or clients that we see, um, in addition to their chemical dependency, they also have an independent mental health issue that needs uh, integrated treatment. When we think about some of the um, treatments for, well, maybe not so much depression, but for anxiety and for um, some types of trauma, oftentimes what are prescribed are benzodiazepines. Correct. And and we know that those are kind of a double-edged sword. Could you just share with the audience some of the benefits of benzodiazepine as opposed to some of the disadvantages? From an addiction perspective. Certainly some of the benefits, I mean, benzodiazepines are very good anti-anxiety medications if you uh, don't, aren't chemically dependent. Um, there are other safe, um, non-addictive medications. Benzodiazepines are also highly addictive. So there are a number of uh, safer non-addictive medications that are available to treat uh, anxiety disorder among the chemically dependent population. I just had a client um, just a bit ago who um, was alcohol dependent. He had an anxiety disorder. He was prescribed Ativan, which is a benzodiazepine, by a well-intended physician. Um, and soon he became addicted also to the Ativan. And um, that's not at all uncommon if we don't really know, uh, if we don't really understand both chemical dependency mental health, and appropriate treatment for individuals who are chemically dependent with a mental health issue. What can addiction counselors do when, if they're working in a program and they begin to suspect that something else is going on, um, whether it's depression, anxiety, trauma, um, psychosis? There are a number of uh, screening tools that are available, and uh, one of the uh, things we're going to be talking about in a few minutes is uh, the co-occurring disorder program, and within that program, there are a number of screening tools, uh, general screening measures as well as uh, specific measures around depression, anxiety that will really empower the addiction professional to at least have an idea what they might be dealing with over and above the chemical dependency. Again, we want to be clear not to diagnose. Uh, that really is not within the addiction professional's purview to diagnose a mental health disorder, but to be able to screen it and then refer for the appropriate uh, treatment accordingly. You had mentioned the um, scope of practice for addiction professionals, and um, the American Society for Addiction Medicine, also known as ASAM, have come out with criteria that um, can really look at an addiction treatment program so that they, we can be, look at them as um, dual diagnosis capable or dual diagnosis enhanced as a way to help um, standardize co-occurring treatment in um, addiction Programs And I was wondering if you would like to kind of share with our audience a little bit about those two standards. Uh, there's actually uh, one more I might add to that, Mary, which would be addiction-only um, or mental health-only services, and then programs that are dual diagnosis capable have the ability to treat both the chemical dependency and the mental health issue uh, concurrently in an integrated model and enhance um, dual diagnosis services really 
pay equal attention to both the chemical dependency and the mental health across not just the clinical domain, but how staff are trained, the program mission and philosophy, uh, reimbursement, how clients are diagnosed and reimbursement. There's a whole uh, continuum of uh, services that we look at in determining whether or not a program is dual diagnosis capable or enhanced. And we'll be right back with our guests for more um, information on co-occurring disorders. If you have any questions, please give us a call. And we'll be right back after this commercial. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Queenie's Happy Hour is the place for fun every Monday night after work. Pull up a bar stool and let your favorite bartender mix up some life, laughter, and learning. Queenie, also known as Nancy Wagerski, is a certified facilitator of the Law of Attraction and is here to start your week with a smile and education about making the Law of Attraction work for you. Pour yourself an after-work martini and join us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for Queenie's Happy Hour on the Voice America Business Channel. Ready to lift your spirit? Join Karen Tatanich every week for Spirit Connections. Karen will share with you the power of energy work. It can get you through the good times and the tough times. Karen will bring together stories of hope and good news based on her work with all aspects of energy. There are people and companies out there that are bringing joy to our planet. You'll learn about the power of spirit at home, at work, and at play. Spirit Connections is broadcast live Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave Network. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. This is One Hour at a Time, and I'm Mary Woods, and our host, um, our host, I'm the host, and our guests today are Misty Story from NADAC, the Association of Addiction Professionals, and Susan Hosington and Marty Harding from Hazelden, and um, they're from Hazelden Publishing, I should 
should say. And uh, Susan, are you currently with Hazleton Publishing, or I am. I was. Uh, I am currently with publishing. I have been with clinical services with Hazleton for about twenty years okay. as a so psychologist. You, so over the last twenty years, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. And um, and in that, a lot of challenges around um, treating people that have addictive disorders, and especially people with co-occurring disorders. Um, when I first started in this profession, you know, we used to say to people, when your mental health issues are stable, then we'll treat your addiction. And the mental health clinic would say, well, when your addiction's stable, we will treat your uh, mental health issues. So mm-hmm. I'm just, you know... Can you talk a little bit more about sure. some of the challenges that you've seen? I think, um, you know, what we've seen is really um, a lack of consensus on what to treat, whether, uh, as you alluded to, Mary, uh, should we treat the chemical dependency first and then the mental health? Should we treat the mental health or the chemical dependency? When to treat that? You know, we used to say, uh, give your sobriety six months, go to meetings, get a sponsor, and if you're still depressed or anxious after six months, come back and we'll talk about that. And again, what we've learned over the last several years is that people actually relapse while they're waiting for that, for that six months because they're so miserable with their, um, depression or anxiety with their co-occurring mental health issue. Uh, there hasn't been consensus on how we should treat. And in some cases, even if we should treat. Again, it's not unusual among the, um, I'm a psychologist, so among the psychology field to uh, believe that chemical dependency is just a underlying symptom of an unresolved mental health issue. So, for example, if you treat the depression or the anxiety, the person will no longer need to use as a way to cope or deal with their, uh, deal with their, um, with their uh, underlying uh, anxiety or depression. <clears throat> Likewise, there's many chemical dependency professionals, and again, it's it's um, accurate that believe there's so many consequences. People have been drinking or so long, are using for so long, they don't really even know what they're feeling or whether there's depression or anxiety. So let's just give it some time. And I think um, what that has pointed to for me is the importance of really doing a comprehensive uh, differential diagnostic assessment to look at the chemical use as well as the mental health. And um, you know, again, I can give you another example of a of a client that was uh, diagnosed with depression, was being treated with an SSRI antidepressant. I believe it was Prozac. And her, she had really minimal improvement in the symptoms, but nobody bothered to ask how much uh, she was drinking on a daily basis. So, again, I, I think it's both and. We need to really be much more sophisticated in looking at both the chemical use as well as the pattern of mental health uh, symptoms that might have occurred before they started using, while they were using, um, and certainly after they, they've been abstinent for a period of time. Well, and I think um, one of our other challenges is that the way um, behavioral health is funded on, through either private pay, well, not through private pay, but through insurers and mm-hmm. through block grants because it's very much uh, two, different, two different funding streams sure. and criteria to get reimbursed for mental health 
funding is much different for getting reimbursed for um, treatment for addiction. So I think that's another challenge that programs face as well. And we've all and we've competed. I mean, there's a couple other challenges too. I mean, we've competed for the funding um, as professionals. There's, um, you know, as I already mentioned, been some philosophical differences in terms of how you treat. Um, there's a lack of education on the provider level. Uh, board members. I've been working with a number of uh, board members that are really understand addiction but don't understand co-occurring disorders, the family, the client. Um, There's stigma, certainly, for the client and for the family, not only around the chemical dependency but also having a mental health health, uh, diagnosis. And, uh, you know, clients have come to me and talked about feeling very, very fragmented. You know, I go to a meeting and my sponsor says, go off those medication because you're quote-unquote mood-altering medication and your psychologist doesn't know what he or she was talking about and getting really mixed messages and feeling very, very fragmented. Well, I think, you know, you also bring up a good point in terms of, um, you know, where does the person with co-occurring fit in terms of aftercare, in terms of self-help, Mm-hmm. Um, because we know that when people are involved in self-help or mutual help, that the prognosis for recovery is is much better. Mm-hmm. People with uh, co-occurring disorders, again, I, I don't want to give the impression that um, if we treat the mental health issue that they don't need ongoing support of uh, AA and NA and and sponsor. Both have to be treated, and there are a number of specialized groups available for people with co-occurring disorders. One of those is called uh, Dual Recovery Anonymous. It's been around for quite some time. Uh, But it's also, again, with the prevalence that we see uh, with people with co-occurring disorders, uh, people would be pretty hard-pressed, I think, to go to a... uh, an AA or NA meeting where there weren't at least a couple other people in the group that also had a co-occurring disorder. Um, so I sometimes, uh, because of the limited availability of DRA groups, um, would just uh, talk with people about how do you choose a sponsor that um, is knowledgeable about co-occurring disorders that can support uh, your depression as well as your uh, chemical dependency Um with a proper release, maybe even to have, um, you know, the sponsor come in if he or she is really struggling with, you know, why is this person on medications for bipolar disorder to really be able to provide some education about what's a bipolar disorder, how does it interface with chemical dependency. Again, I think the more education we can do, the better, uh, the better outcomes we're going to have with our clients. You know, I think one of the other things, um, I was talking with one of our participants today who's um, been sober about two years, but he keeps running into issues regarding his bipolar disorder, regarding his trauma, and he doesn't understand why he can't get that fixed in his self-help meetings, you know? And and to me, that's another whole challenge with folks with co-occurring disorders, too, is that, you know, Therapy is not self-help, and being able to help people understand that there are certain underlying things that you mm-hmm. need therapy for and that self-help supports that, but you cannot go to self-help and get everything that you need. Correct. Correct. I mean, you really need with 
mental health issues, you really need the uh, expertise of a of a of a professional that really understands co-occurring disorders. And uh, again, your AA group and your sponsor can be supportive and can encourage and not discourage um, use of medication, etc. Um, but right, there is a there is a real difference between uh, self help support and uh, therapy. And also pretty structured continuing care, you know, beyond just AA, but a facilitated uh, continuing care group for people once they leave um, treatment is also really important. One of the uh, things that we have uh, experienced at Westbridge when when you have a co-occurring disorder program that's integrated into the community, it's kind of like a dropping a pebble on the pond. Mm-hmm. And one of the ripple effects has been that the self-help community has really, um, over time, has really embraced our, our participants. And and I think what happens now in some of the meetings is that other people, as you said, are more open about talking about their co-occurring mental illness mm-hmm. as well as their their addictive disorder. And there seems to be just kind of a an opening that happens mm-hmm. and an acceptance that happens for folks. And I, I agree, and I think, again, given the high prevalence, you know, people are going to be hard-pressed to find, to go to any meeting where there isn't someone else there that hasn't experienced either among themselves or someone that they sponsored or a loved one a, um, a co-occurring mental health issue. So there is more openness, uh, much more openness than there was a few years ago. What are the best evidence-based practices for treating folks with co-occurring disorders? Misty, do you want to talk about that, or do you want me to? Oh, by all means, go ahead. What's that? Go ahead. Um, you know, what we find, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy has been around for um, a long time, and it's very effective for people with co-occurring disorders. Uh, motivational interviewing, motivational enhancement therapy is um, also very, very useful to look at where people are in relationship to um, their willingness uh, to change and to understand um, that they have a co-occurring disorder. And uh, certainly 12-step facilitation, I mean, all three of those evidence-based interventions have been found to be very helpful for people with co-occurring disorders. And when we talk about the uh, co-occurring disorder program, the Dartmouth-Hazelden um, initiative, there is actually an entire program that integrates those three evidence-based practices uh, into a curriculum. And we'll be right back to talk with our guests more about the co-occurring disorder program and um, other issues regarding co-occurring disorders. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned 
common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, Family Center of Recovery for Co-Occurring Mental Illness and Substance Abuse Disorders. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams with co-host Jacob Greer. Each week, join Lemont and Jacob as they take callers, discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sit down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. This is an important programming note from the Voice America Women's Channel. The Catherine Zox Show is moving. Our new address is Voice America, and we will be heard on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern, starting Wednesday, November 19th. All of the archives will still be available through Catherine's Boombox Player. Remember, tune in to the Catherine Zox Show on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern, beginning on Wednesday, November 19th, on Voice America's flagship Voice America Channel. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. Today, our show is on co-occurring disorders, what every addiction professional needs to know. And our guests today are Misty Story, who is the education and training consultant for NADAC, the Association of Addiction Professionals, and Susan Hosington from and Marty Harding from Hazleton Publishing. And before we went to break, we were talking, we just began to talk about um, the Dartmouth and Hazleton initiative, which... Um, I guess maybe, Marty, you or um, Sue could talk to us about how did you guys end up uh, collaborating with Dartmouth? Well, I'll start talking about about it. This is Marty Harding, and we've been working with Dartmouth for a number of years, putting together uh, materials and videos and different things piecemeal with Dartmouth, um, particularly with, with Dr. Robert Drake. And... Because of that relationship, we've been continuing the dialogue about co-occurring disorders and how you treat them and what's important. And so a couple of years ago, we started talking with them about pulling together all of the materials that are really scattered, some of them in the public domain, some of them private, and putting them all together into one place in a, a speaking of integrated, in an integrated fashion, the materials themselves, 
And so then we developed the co-occurring disorders program, which is sort of like a one-stop shop in terms of materials for for the field. It has an administrator's guide that talks about how you assess a program and determine, as Sue was talking about earlier, what level of services are are you providing right now? Really, where you, where do you want to go? Um, then there's a, a a manual on screening and assessment, which is very thorough. It has lots of different instruments and the research behind them and how you use them to to screen and assess for different disorders. Then a a, a couple of really uh, manualized, it's kind of a bad English term, but the term of putting them all together in a manual, um, a clinician's guide for how you actually integrate treatment in a, in the stages of change model. So it goes all the way through, um, it integrates all of the, the forms of treatment that Sue was talking about, MET, CBT, all of those acronyms, TSF, 12-step facilitation, puts them all together. Um, and then for those clients who need more, there's a manual on on um, on CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, a manual on medication management, and then I think what's sometimes ignored is the importance of family, and so there's a manual for the family program as well. And all of those together really provide what a treatment program might need in an outpatient or an inpatient way of being able to address co-occurring disorders. Comes with a video, and it's it's it's. Now I'm going to start sounding like an infomercial. I don't want to do that. Um, um, but it's really easy to use and very comprehensive. And you people can get more information on uh, co-occurring www.coocurring.org, which is a website that all it has information about the co-occurring disorders program, but a lot of information about co-occurring disorders in general. So there's a lot of downloadable information that you can get from that website about co-occurring disorders. Um, within these manuals, are there fidelity checks so that a program can measure themselves in terms of whether they have low, medium, or high fidelity to the to the um, module? There are. Um, there. Um, the supervisors, there's, we refer to them as supervisors checklists um, and clinicians checklists, so, but that's what they are. They're tools where you can really see, um, have you done, it's a really useful checklist to see have you done, have you covered the areas that a given module um, expects to cover, and then have you used the therapies that that module is using in order to get the information across and, and help clients in a, a more integrated fashion. Uh, this, this is Sue. I had an opportunity um, to actually implement the um, co-occurring disorder program with a, a treatment center in Minneapolis that works with uh, homeless indigent men. And uh, we primarily focused on the uh, integrated combined treatment, the ICT. Again, that's motivational Enhancement Cognitive Behavioral and 12-Step Facilitation, and we were able to take it and develop it into a uh, group process, and it was just just a really, really useful, uh, the material is really useful, and again, I, want, I don't want to sound like an infomercial either, but I'm really excited about it as a clinician because it gives us an opportunity to really begin to deal with 
people with co-occurring disorder using, uh, you know, a curricula-based program. Uh, it's evidence-based, and uh, we used it very successfully and are continuing to use it in that program. Misty, why did NADAC decide to get involved um, on, to the extent that it has in this project? Well, it's just a, an opportunity to further educate the profession. As, as mentioned before, there's just such a high prevalence of this within the community. We, we found that addiction professionals were interacting with mental health disorders on a very frequent basis, yet didn't have the education to back them up to give them the tools that they needed. So we went and partnered with uh, Hazleton and tried to develop a product that would fill that gap. And I think, you know, what we're all three organizations are trying very hard to do is to provide an educational format that um, clinicians and programs can use to better treat the people that we serve. And while we don't want this to be an infomercial, I think it's really important for everybody to understand that this is an excellent tool that's been put together. It's based on uh, research that's well-defined and documented. All the the modules have been researched. They are also... um, taken from research for people um, with severe and persistent mental illness for which there are toolkits available as well mm-hmm. for mental health-based programs. So that, um, you know, I, what we're really trying to do here is raise consciousness. Sure. And, um, and I think that that's why uh, we're talking so much about this program because it's something that you can take that's available and can you can make a difference in either your own practice or in your um, agency in a relatively short period of time. Mm-hmm. I think we should also mention, too, that Westbridge was the site of one of our pilots with it. You want to talk about that, Mary? In terms of? Of helping kind of look at the tools and, and how they... Well, because we, uh, at Westbridge, we treat folks with uh, um, Axis one severe and persistent mental illness. So... Um, Dartmouth has been a leader in the treatment of co-occurring disorders in the mental health world for years, Mm -hmm. and that a lot of research has occurred in New Hampshire as well as Baltimore and and Chicago and other areas. So that in New Hampshire, we've always kind of had the availability of the Dartmouth best practices. Um, And we've been very fortunate that we've been able to to take those toolkits um, that have been produced through the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the West Institute, and the Dartmouth Psychiatric Research Center, um, and they're now available through SAMHSA. So um, we're, we're blessed that we can do what works and that, uh, and that we have, you know, decent outcomes as a result of using um, these evidence-based practices. So that when, you know, Dartmouth came to us and said, you know, we're going to be doing this with Hazleton, uh, we, we were really excited to help in any way that we could because Hazleton's always been um, a huge thought leader for the addiction profession. They've always been one of the premier um, addiction treatment facilities. NADAC is near and dear to my heart because um, I'm past president, and, I mean, they are the only addiction professional organization, as far as I'm concerned, for um, for people who um, are clinicians or mm-hmm. um, nurses or whatever. So I just think that this is a, a wonderful kind of uh, coming together of, of uh, great information and, and a great way to help people get this information. This, this really isn't rocket science. No. This is something that, that people can do, and we don't have to invest. We have plenty of money to treat people with co-occurring disorders. We just have to get beyond the bias. Yep. and the misconception, and, and to provide pe- people the education and uh, training that they need. Mm-hmm. 
And I think for our listeners today, I, I, I think what's encouraging to me as a professional is that um, all of these organizations are willing to continue to ask the hard questions, that we don't, we don't know all of the answers, and we're really looking, always looking to find out what's the next best answer to the questions that come up. Right. And, and I think it's also important, too, that everyone understand that, um, you know, people with co-occurring disorders suffer tremendously. And for a lot of those folks, they have no bottom. Their bottom is death. Mm-hmm. And the idea that somebody is going to reach bottom when they have a major depressive disorder, that's usually suicide. Yep. You know? and, and we have to get that, we have to get ourselves out of that bottom mentality. Mm. Um, so I think that uh, this is this is really good, and I know um, you know what is different about this family program from other family programs that's in the module. Well, the difference is that it it's the first program out there that I've seen that really integrates co-occurring disorders into the family program itself, so that families can learn about co-occurring disorders and and how they can help themselves and how they can help the person that they love that there's a, there's so much misconception out there about mental mental health and substance abuse that family members don't have um, as a that was certainly true for me and my own family um, going through family programs that were strictly um, alcohol and drug family programs, I didn't learn what I needed to learn about um, depression and other issues. And we'll be right back um, after this next commercial. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Do you lack energy and enthusiasm? Do you really want to change your thoughts and feelings? Can you really stay sane when your life isn't? Of course you can, just by listening to Stay Sane Now each week with Claudine Strzok and co-host Wesley Stoller. You'll have fun and learn how to make each new day the best day of your life. Every show is designed to energize and get you started off on the next week. Stay Sane Now is broadcast live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave Network. Two views, different topics, questions, answers, news, and advice. You'll want to check out Ecoman and the Skeptic live from Philadelphia University. Every week, join hosts Rob Fleming and Chris Pastor as they tackle a different topic on sustainability. You'll hear all sides of the issue supported by guests who provide valuable insights. Get ready to be engaged, educated, and entertained when you tune into Ecoman and the Skeptic. Broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Green Talk. Network. 
Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Let's talk sex. While sex is something that comes naturally, it's also something you learn and can learn to get better at. Medical professional and saucy sexpert Sherry Winston, along with co-host Carl Frankel and her guests, will give you the lowdown on what you need to know about arousal, orgasms, and mastering the arts of love. It's all part of the hot and humorous, spicy and serious package that is Juicy Pleasures, your oasis of empowering erotic information. Tune in every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams with co-host Jacob Greer. Each week, join Lemont and Jacob as they take callers, discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sit down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. This is Mary, and our guests today are Misty Story, who is the Education and Training Consultant for NADAC, the Association for Addiction Professionals, and Susan Hosington and Marty Hardy from Hazelton Publishing Division. And we're talking about co-occurring disorders. And before going to break, we were talking about the importance of uh, the family in treatment of folks with co-occurring disorders. I think one of the myths out there and one of the things that I certainly heard all the time was that people with, with dual disorders and mental illness, the families write them off and they're disengaged. And I think, if anything, research has shown the exact opposite, that the family ends up being the crisis intervener, they end up being the case manager, that um, the percentage of people with mental illness and co-occurring disorders that have contact with their family is higher than usually the people in the family who don't have a co-occurring disorder. So there's a tremendous amount of stress and strain um, within the family when someone has a co-occurring disorder. And um, one of the um, interesting things about the module for um, co-occurring disorder is that it's skill-based and it really helps give family the tools they need to um, to relieve some of the stress and to uh, really uh, be successful and provide um, a good support system for the person with co-occurring disorders. Mm-hmm. So. 
we um, do either anybody else want to say anything about families before we move on to resources? Well, I think the schooling that I have really had here at Hazelden over I've been here since nineteen. 19- 74 off and on, and the family pro- involvement of families is so critical. But the the philosophy that's been held here is truly an Al-Anon philosophy that you need also to take care of yourself. That that family members, like you said, experience so much stress as a result of living with a chronic illness that they be- they can become depleted themselves. And more and more, there are. Um, people within Al-Anon, which is probably the most common support group for families, that um, that can help. And there are other support groups out there, too, with a co-occurring disorder focus um, and with a mental health focus like NAMI, um, but they're not as, as common and as easily found. So I just encourage family members to seek help um, through Al-Anon as a place of support and relief and hope and move from there to um, find other support groups that are more experienced and knowledgeable about co-occurring disorders. Right. Um, and for our, re- for our folks that are listening in, uh, maybe now is a good time to start talking about what resources are available for treatment providers, for individuals, for families. Well, NADAC has really tried to compile several resources for our profession out there. Is that the first would be uh, through our online bookstore, which would be at www.nadac.org. We have many different resources on there, both uh, home study-based or online course-based or even books that you can just uh, read at your leisure. Uh, what we've been alluding to this whole program has been the collaboration between Hazleton and NADAC to develop a eight-hour face-to-face training that will be traveling across the country uh, this year and hopefully next, it's going to be piloting in Nashville, Tennessee, on February 21st. So within the area, you'd be able to come and see that and uh, give any feedback to what direction this program should be going. For those professionals who prefer to have computer-based education, um, this comprehensive training will be transferred into an online course soon, or you'll be able to order the participant's manual from both Hazleton or NADAC to be able to get some home study credit. Um, finally, as Sue mentioned earlier, Dartmouth Medical School and, and Hazleton have partnered to publish an evidence-based protocol that's called um, the Co-Occurring Disorders Program, often referred to as CDP, and that's available again at www.coocurring.org. And for um, family members and um, people who are in recovery in our audience, of course, Hazelden has been publishing since for many, many years with the um, first little 24-hour-a-day book. But we have many, many resources for families and individuals um, on a variety, wide, wide range of topics um, related to the disorders singly or the disorders combined. So you can find a lot of materials and resources at uh, www.hazelden.org. And for um, people who are interested, the National Alliance for the Mentally Ill have a family-to-family program that um, you can get involved in where families share their experiences. Um, you can go, the, if you're a veteran, there is a vet-to-vet program as well where uh, vets with co-occurring disorders reach out and help other vets, and mm-hmm. that's um, a program that's up and running. If you Google Mo Armstrong, um, his website will come up in you can get any information you need about the vet to vet program as well. Um, I, I just 
think that this is um, such an important opportunity for people um, in their profession that now is the time to get yourself educated around co-occurring disorders. Um, this isn't going to go away. It's only going to become, um, we're going to get more knowledge. We're going to understand better how to treat folks with co-occurring disorders, and um, it's the future. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, the more we can educate ourselves, the better we can treat our uh, patients and participants, and uh, the more satisfied we'll be in our work. Well, if you just look at the field, too, right now, we have 30 states who have combined into a single state agency their substance abuse and mental health. That's huge. Um, there are states that are moving forward. Some already have a credential looking at being able to treat co-occurring disorders. So there is going to be just continual movement to integrating the fields, the research and practice in the fields, to the benefit of the clients that we serve. Right. And, and I think that um, education is going to be such an important part of our future, of our profession, and that um, that we can embrace our education and we don't have to be afraid of it. And, uh, you know, there's um, great opportunities for people, whether it's online or through workshops or through your local colleges and universities. Um, Hazleton also has a, a master's program you can get online as well, right? That's Correct. exactly it, fully accredited. Right. Not online, though. It's an in-person graduate in-person. school. Okay. Yep. Okay. So um, I want to thank you all for being our guests today, and uh, I hope everybody has a great week. And uh, if you want to see us live, it's February 21st at the CCAD conference in Nashville. Thank you, Mary. Thank you very much, Mary. appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.